Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Monday, March 6th. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news, and hot topic issues in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. And includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm David Escobar. And I'm Jay Doherty. And here are today's headlines. After a bumpy first week of train service at Grand Central Madison, Governor Hochul is asking the MTA to fix issues with the Long Island Railroad. Last week on the show, we talked about the launch of the new LIRR terminal at Grand Central, which opened months after its target opening date. But in the first few days of service, riders reported issues like overcrowded express trains and misconnections. So to help with some of those issues, Hochul is now asking the MTA to modify its service. That includes fixes like longer train cars and more frequent rush hour service, especially for Brooklyn's Atlantic Terminal. But riders say part of the problem for the LIRR at Grand Central Madison is that it's hard to navigate. That's because riders have to travel nearly 150 feet below ground just to get from the subway station at Grand Central to the new LIRR terminal. But by adding almost 30 extra trains to the daily rush hour schedule, Hochul says she hopes to give riders more flexibility as they navigate new changes to the LIRR. The changes are starting today. A new proposal from New York City Council could keep public school pools open year-round. Speaker Adrian Adams' office says the intention of this new initiative is to create more funding for swim programs and to address the city's ongoing lifeguard shortage. That's right, Jay. Last summer, pools and beaches around the city were forced to close because there weren't enough city-employed lifeguards to go around. But after public outrage last summer, the city is making some changes. It'll increase pay for lifeguards, offer more skills training, and upgrade pool infrastructure around the city. More details about the city's new initiative is coming out on Wednesday. But in the meantime, the proposal is set to tackle the disparities in swimming access for children of color. According to a survey from New York City's health department, one in three black and Asian students and one in four Latino students can't swim. So Speaker Adams says this new initiative could play a role in closing that gap. There's plans to ban TikTok again. The U.S. Senate Intelligence Committee is introducing a bill that allows the U.S. to systematically ban the popular app and other Chinese technology. Some members of Congress are concerned about the app because they feel that TikTok's Chinese parent company is stealing American data and feeding it to the Chinese government. And TikTok is no stranger to challenges from the United States. Last December, Congress banned the app from government devices, and several governors stopped state workers from accessing the app on work Wi-Fi. If the bill passes, it could prohibit or ban a wide variety of foreign technology. A Brooklyn music venue is experimenting with a new way for New Yorkers to buy concert tickets. The music venue is called Elsewhere, and it just launched a new membership program aimed at making concert tickets more affordable. The plan comes in three tiers, ranging from $2 to $30 in monthly fees. The new model will allow members to experience advantages like free guest passes, discounted entry, and something like season tickets. The new program is meant to lower ticket prices and increase in-person attendance at the Brooklyn venue. New members can enroll at brooklynelsewhere.com. And on this day in music history, The Temptations went to number one on the U.S. singles chart with the song My Girl in 1965. The song, which was actually written by Smokey Robinson, made them the first male act to reach number one on the U.S. Motown charts. And Jay, the Jets seem to have lost out on one of the biggest quarterbacks on the market. That's right, David. 
Derek Carr decided to sign with New Orleans for the next four years. Carr comes from the Las Vegas Raiders, where he boasted the franchise's all-time passing record and four Pro Bowl appearances. He hopes to rebound from a rocky 2022 season, which landed him on the bench for the team's last two games. And back in New York, the Fordham men's basketball team finished its Cinderella story of a regular season on Saturday, with an overall record of 24-7. and The Rams look to continue their hopes for March Madness glory on Thursday, where they'll play as the third seed in the A-10 championship tournament. Tip-off for that one is 7.30 from the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, and WFUV Sports will have it for you live on 90.7. And now we hear from WFUV's Isabel Danzis. She's talking with a member of the Center for Justice Innovation about how the organization's prison reform work is strengthening community. My name is Erica McSwain. I'm currently the director of Queensboro Initiatives for the Center for Justice Innovation, overseeing our two community justice centers in Jamaica and Far Rockaway, as well as our Nassau County Youth Initiatives. Justice system reform through the lens of the community, like why is that important? So it's important that everyone who interacts with the justice system feels that they're entering a system and really being given like a fair chance. So it's also important that There are systems in place that don't just work to keep someone revolving throughout the system, but also provides them with an opportunity um, to address their wrongdoings, but um, given the resources to also help them prevent going through the justice system repeatedly. How does working to reform the justice system impact the community at large? Yeah, so really thinking about creating safety, safer communities is the core of the reform work we do at the center and increasing public spaces, uh, public safety within spaces that are deemed as unsafe, increasing mobility out of poverty, um, including community voice in the work that we do. Um, It all helps to provide residents um, in the communities where we reside an opportunity to really foster positive neighborhood changes um, to keep community members from seeking to participate in negative activities. Um, So really the key is to reach people prior to their involvement and help them to overcome challenges. I know this is a broad question and a big question, but what can kind of be done to fix the justice system? Yeah, that is a broad question. And I feel like um, that's something that's going to take time really to do. Um, Opportunities for quicker resolutions is always something that we can look into. Um, And strengthening equity throughout all parts of the justice system could really help to begin making those positive changes. Um, So looking at alternative to incarceration, alternative to detention programming for those more low-level offenses. Also utilizing innovative programs that sees a a person for who they are beyond their challenges and beyond the charges that they may have. And for um, ways that we can support them, ways that their family and friends can support them, really building that holistic um, partnership between everyone within the community to help them to heal. What do you kind of hope that like the people that you work with, but also the communities that, you know, are then impacted, what do you hope that they take away? Yeah, so the center wants all people and communities that we work with to take ownership and changes that are happening within their communities. And community voice really drives all the work that we do, um, including the decision on what type of program we even implement at all of our different justice centers. Uh, We want people and communities to know that they deserve and um, to have the same resources available to them um, from those communities that are in more high income uh, communities. 
Um, but we want them to know also that their voice matters and that they should be included in the decisions that are happening within their community. So we hope that that's really what they take away from the work that they're doing, really empowering them to be the voices of change. That was WFUV's Isabel Danzis speaking with Erica McSwain, Director of Queensborough Initiatives at the Center for Justice Innovation. It's part of WFUV's Strike Accord public service campaign. And that's our show for today. I'm Jay Doherty. And I'm David Escobar. Check back with us tomorrow after 3 o'clock for more news, music, culture, and sports. And tell your friends so they can find WFUV's What's What at WFUVnews.org and wherever you get your podcasts.